0: We'll be reading Luke fifteen eleven through 17. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who
1: sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he
0: said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am
1: starving to death. Some of the oldest wooden structures on earth have lasted as long as 1300 years and were built with intentionally burned wood. This burning process transforms the outer surface and forms a protective layer that's highly resistant to decay or destruction by the elements. Sometimes life can be intense. We can find ourselves burned by bad choices or by difficult circumstances. Scripture is filled with examples of women and men who encountered difficulty, experienced transformation, and were able to overcome. When the heat of life intensifies, God wants to work in your life and make you resilient.
0: I've loved this series of looking at different people in the Bible who, who showed resilience in, in spite of the challenges that came. Job as how he handled when his world around him seemed to collapse, with Naomi when life was empty, and when Elijah felt all alone, or Paul felt opposition, or Peter disappointed someone he loved, or Joseph and when, he, when he was misunderstood and mistreated. So many times, and such a list of Bible characters who showed true godly character in the times of challenges. And as you think through that list, um, you know, I hope on God's list in heaven, he might lean over and, and say to the angels, hey, look at, look at Kent. He makes the list. He, see the resilience that he has. And maybe not just me, but you can make that list too. And I hope in a very real way, the Lord's Church here at Edmund." is a church filled with people that show resilience. And obviously, we've needed to to show a lot of resilience in these last weeks, months, and years, but that was true in years past, and it will be true in years to come. But I do appreciate how we try to be God's people in this day, in this place. You know, as we consider the the road ahead of us, our shepherds have this special little announcement that we're going to pause and watch at this time.
1: Hi, I'm Jack Lowry, one of the shepherds here at Edmond. This past year and a half have given us an opportunity to evaluate some things we do and why and how we do them. As we have observed, prayed, and talked to many of you, we think a particular need and an opportunity have presented themselves. After being isolated and separated for so long, we need to be together. We need to serve together encourage each other, listen and talk to each other, and renew our relational energy by being together. To that end, and after much prayer and discussion, the shepherds are pleased to announce that we are shifting Monday for the Master to Sunday evenings. Lord willing, we plan to begin Sunday for the Master on September the 12th with some flex Sundays built in for assemblies and special occasions. The purpose behind this decision is to provide increased opportunity for meaningful discipling connections to be made within the congregation and the community on Sunday evenings. Another way to look at it, on Sunday mornings, we will worship together in praise and communion and study. And on Sunday evenings, we will worship together in in service and discipleship. We know you have questions and need more information. This is coming very soon. Obviously, there are a lot of logistical things to work out to make this happen. The shepherds have been and will continue to work closely with ministry staff to put a plan in place. Your patience and cooperation are greatly appreciated. We're excited about this opportunity, and please know that we will continually evaluate it to make sure it's meeting our objectives. If not, We'll make the necessary changes and continue to move forward in faith. In the meantime, please be praying about this opportunity.
0: Well, I am praying about it, and I'm quite excited about this, this opportunity in front of us and this decision that's been made. In fact, I know you have lots of questions, and in this week you're going to get an email that will answer many more of those questions, but we're still working on all the logistics, and the shepherds will be talking about it in your classes Uh, soon as well. Now, those of you who are visiting with us, you don't know what money for the Master is, but for those of us around here, it's just kind of taking that, moving it forward, but there'll be some differences. Don't expect this fancy of meals. It's going to be a little bit about serving quickly with the larger crowd. But I think we'll still have good food. Another thing we're adding is a devotional time at Money for the Master. You know, we didn't really have a devotional, but we'll have a... a, We'll all crowd into the quad together and sing some songs, read some scriptures. And then we'll go into our opportunities for service, for seminars, uh, all kinds of different things, just like Money for the, the Master had. And on Sunday nights, we're still going to have events for our children, except instead of just child care, we'll have children's Bible hour. There'll be toddler time, there'll be the nursery, so there'll be child care that'll take place in that hour from 6 to 7 as well. So a lot of things that are going to be taking place. And then those flex nights, we are not going to serve a meal 52 nights a week, so there'll be those flex nights where we'll come in here and have something in here or have another opportunity for service. But I do think it's very important as, as we kind of consider this, you know, on Sunday mornings we're worshiping together and then on Sunday evenings we're serving and growing together. I think that's a beautiful concept. So pray about it. And we'll have more information coming. We're so excited for what God has in store for, for us in the future. Well, today we want to spend some time in our Resilience Series looking at what the, what it means when we run away. And there's an awful lot of, lot in this story in Luke 15 of the prodigal son, the lost son. We want to especially look more at that lost son and what he discovered in that far country. Just out of curiosity, for fun, raise your hand if, if when you were a child, maybe elementary age, if you ever ran away as a little child. Anybody? besides? Well, you all guys are stayed home. My goodness. But for those of you whose hands I saw, I imagine there's some really funny stories there. And humorous ones. I'd be very interested to hear how old you were, how far you got, and what made you want to come home. And a lot of times when a child packs their bag and walks out the door and makes it maybe down the driveway, perhaps, you know, and then they get to the corner and all of a sudden it realize, wait a second, I forgot food. I mean, what's, what am I going to do for supper? And and we come back home. It, it can be almost brings a smile to your face when you think of that child who who runs away but comes back home but let me quickly add it's not so humorous and not so cute when a teenager or young adult or even a mature adult runs away and for some of you maybe that's where you find yourself right now somebody you love very deeply has run away and I want you to know I don't mean to make make slight of that our hearts go out to you in just a few moments during the invitation song a couple of our shepherds and their wives are gonna make them their way to uh, the parlor. And if you find yourself in a situation like that, I'd encourage you to go back there and visit with them. They would love to hear your story, embrace you and pray for you and care for, show you that care. Just know that, that we, uh, we care about what you're going through. It's not fun when a teenager or young adult runs away. And it wasn't fun when this young adult, this young man ran away. A lot of the times the reasons for us running are to get away from what we perceive as restraints that are holding us back and holding us down. We want to do the things we want to do right now and not later. I have to admit, I was pretty excited and happy the first time I got to leave home in a more permanent uh, way. It happened to be when I came to Oklahoma Christian as a freshman. I left a small town in southeastern Oklahoma, and I could not wait to get out. My parents might have stood at the front door and waved goodbye to me, but I don't know if they did because I was looking down the road. I was seeing where I was wanting to go. I always laugh and say I came to Oklahoma Christian for, for three Fs. Fun, friends, and females. And that's exactly what I found the first semester, three Fs. Just <laughs> Just kidding. Just, I didn't find any females, no. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's so, talking about college students, w- truly, truly, hear from all of us here at the Edmund Church of Christ. We're so excited to have you here. Sorry you had a short summer, but thank you for coming and being with us. We look forward to you being a part of this church family. We say we want to be your church home away from home. And church, do we mean it? Amen. We had, that was pretty weak, but... <laughs> We may not amen a lot, but we really do want to be your, your church home. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, there's a lot of reasons we run away. And when you look at this young man in our story in Luke chapter 15, verse 12 and following, kind of tell you some of the reasons he had for running. So this father had two sons. Pick up the story in Luke 15, verse 12. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. There's a lot of reasons why we run, and one of them is just pride. You know, we we got so much going for us, and we, we feel so able to do whatever we want. This young man had so much going for him. He was young, he had lots of energy, he was physically strong. He was apparently brought up in a very well-managed, wealthy home, so he had a lot going for him. He could do almost anything with the assets at hand, but he wanted even more. And so he asked his father to divide up the estate. He asked for his inheritance. In that time, in that day and age, in the Jewish culture, it was legal for a father to divide up his estate while he was still living, So he could do this. The father could choose to do that while he was still alive. It was legal, (laughs) but it was not a loving thing for the boy to ask for. Not loving at all. He's basically saying, I wish you were dead. I want all your stuff, and I don't want to wait till you die to get it. I want it right now. I want to live in the moment. I'm looking for pleasure now. Because there are things I want to do. I can make an impact in this world. I can make lots of friends. I can be popular. I can make a difference. I have dreams, and I don't want my dreams on hold. I want to do them right now. And so he took all that he had, his share of the state, but everything else he had, too. He left nothing at home. Some of these college students left their winter clothes at home because who wants to pack winter clothes in July? They're expected to get to go home at some point and pick up those, those jack. Actually, you might not need it. You get it, breaks at Thanksgiving. So, But whatever it is, they didn't bring everything. They got some stuff back home. This, this guy took everything. Why? He wasn't going back. When he left, he had no intent of ever going back to that place that restrained him and held him back. And so he took it all, and what did he do with it? He wasted it. If he had physical strength, he wasted it. He wasted his character, his money, his opportunities. He took what his parents had to offer him, all these blessings, and he used them in all the wrong ways. He could have done so much, but instead he wasted them on selfish pleasure. Because what the far country, what that distant land, what that green, those greener pastures have to offer, or what they say they have and what they deliver is often two different things. What the far country offers and delivers is two different things. Look at verse 14 in Luke 15. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. I mean, they welcomed him while he had the money. Then they drained him dry and rejected him and in that far country he traded his promised freedom for slavery because that's what happened he became a slave physically and spiritually john 8:34 puts it this way jesus says very truly i tell you everyone who sins is a slave to sin and so in that distant land he found himself enslaved to that sinful behavior He had gone to find success, but what he found instead was failure. He he had gone for the promised life, and instead he was delivered death. Romans 6.23 puts it this way, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So he, he, he went to find that new life, and instead he found death. Oh, his heart might have still been beating, but he was spiritually dead he was lost he was in need he was alone that far country promised that he would find himself but instead he he lost himself he was lost so when you run away what do you do and if you only got one get one thing from this message today here it is the crux of it it's in Luke chapter 15 verse 17 the first little phrase when he came to his senses. When you run away, I pray that there's a moment where you come to your senses. The son's difficult journey back teaches us to come home when we run away. And to come to your senses means to change your mind, to see it for what it really is, to repent. So when you run away, come to your senses. And you know what his senses found when he came to his senses? Just skip down to verse 15. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. I mean, literally, he came to his senses. What do you think he saw? I don't think pigs are that pretty, especially if they've been rolling in the mud. What did he smell? What did he taste? Nothing. (laughs) I mean, he came to his senses. He looked around, and what did he see? What did he feel? What did he taste? Many, many years ago for us gray-haired folks, we remember Ann Landers making popular a saying that maybe you've heard, you need to wake up and smell the coffee. You ever heard that phrase? She actually took one that says, stop and smell the roses, and she combined them over time. Wake up and smell the roses. Wake up and smell the coffee. Yeah, You know, the, the phrase simply means there's a time you need to wake up and smell what's going on around you. And if it's the coffee you're thinking about, it's wake up and, and smell. It's time to get up and do something different. You need a change. Come to your senses and let that help direct you in the future. And he needed to wake up, and he did. He came to his senses. Verse 17. So when you run away and you come to your senses, then remember what life was like at home. Verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. He remembered home. He remembered those servants at home. And when he remembered home, he probably remembered that boring routine he lived. Not the stability that that offered, but how it was just boring. And how all the discipline and all the chores and the responsibility and the rules. But he also remembered what life was like there. How even the servants were treated. You know, just want to take a slight break from the message and and think with you for a little bit. Brothers and sisters in Christ. How do we want to act now so that when our siblings, our brothers and sisters, if they were to run away, what they would remember? Because some of our kids, as they enter their teenage years, are going to walk away from us. Sometimes when kids go off to college, they walk away. Or they get a good start in college, but then they walk away for a time. What do we want those who walk away from us to remember when they come to their senses? And as you reflect on that, then let's do that now. I mean, I'm sorry, college kids. don't mean to be talking around you, but let's say some of these incoming freshmen they have a wonderful freshman year, but their sophomore and junior year, they, they get lost on their journey. And all of a sudden, they come to their senses. What do we want them to remember about this year, this time, about what this church family has to offer? And for our, our teenagers, who, who when they go off and leave us, and they maybe run, wander away, what do we want them to remember about us so that they know they're welcome? And not just our own kids, but the community as well. When they have an opportunity to come maybe to our vacation Bible school or something else and a young child experiences our VBS and then later in life they're going through a, a challenging moment, a, a death of a loved one and they say, I need somebody to help us. Will they remember us and how we treated them and come home? Or maybe it's even a joyous occasion like a wedding. Will they remember, oh, I remember that church family. They welcomed me then. Will they welcome me now? May we be the kind of people that when people remember the Lord's Church here they would want to come back which basically means if they walk away let's not slam the door on their way out I told you I didn't look over my shoulder to see if my parents were there or not the first time I left then I started coming home and I started leaving and I would always look back to see the wave I can still remember the day they didn't wave. They walked in. <laughs> didn't even wait for me to get down the cul-de-sac. I was going, oh, boy, there, that tells you something. No, I'm just The son, when he walked away, I doubt he looked back. But I think that father wasn't just watching that road the day he came home. I bet you he was at the door... Watched him walk away. And whether the son saw it or not, he obviously felt it. When you run away and you come to your senses, remember home. Now, I talked about what it looked like to be siblings, but what you really want to remember about home is the father. That's the story. When you run away, remember the father. Verse 18. I will set out and go back to my father And say to him Father I have sinned against heaven And against you He remembered his father He remembered how his father Had treated him lovingly When he could have treated him Legalistically (laughs) He remembered how he treated others And because he remembered How he had, had been treated And how his father treated others He had a glimpse of what The father would do for him If he came home And so he made a plan. He remembered the Father and he came home. There's a beautiful little verse in Romans 2, 4. Don't miss the significance of this verse. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to what? Repentance. Repentance. When we find ourselves in the far country and we come to our senses, remember the Father. And when you remember him, remember his kindness, how he he bore with you in your struggles, how he was patient, how he stood at the door as you walked away and he let you go, but he did not slam the door in your back. It is God's goodness, not just man's badness, that leads to repentance. And there was a long way to come home. But the father made it a shorter distance. He made it where the son was willing to turn and come home. How he, he thought of how he could reconnect with his father. And when he thought of that reconnection, he remembered that sense of belonging again. When you run away, remember the sense of belonging you had at home. Luke 15:19. He came and told his father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Says, so I just want to be part of the household again I just want to be home With you Under your wings of protection No longer alone No longer away I want to belong In your household Again What a beautiful thought And so you come to the beautiful passage In Luke 15 20 that says So he got up And went to his father He started that journey He came to his senses When you run away I hope that you will come to your senses And go home By the way Do you know one of the the tendencies Of being able to know If you're wandered away from home It's if you think life stinks Now if that just means it's hard And you have difficulties That's one thing But life in Christ does not stink. If you find yourself there, maybe you need to come to your senses. Here's a few observations about coming home. First of all, he left in pride, but he returned in humility. That's very important. Notice these words He, he prepared for his father. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I mean, he went away with great pride. And what did the world give him? They humiliated him. He was a a Jewish boy feeding pigs who he would never eat and they could never be sacrificed. I mean, there's just a lot of significance to where he found himself. He was humiliated, but he did not come home humiliated. That's not how we return home. The key is to come home with humility. He left home with pride. Father, give me. Give me, give me, give me. I want what I deserve. I want what's mine. And he came home with humility. And with the words, Father, do you see it? Make me. And that's a big difference. It's a huge difference. I mean, are you at the give me stage? Father, give me. Give me what I deserve. Give it to me now. Or have you humbled yourself? Father, make me. Make me a servant. A servant in your household. A servant in your kingdom. Because I know what it's like to walk away in pride. But now with humility, I want to serve. I also point out that he left for pleasure and he returned to live verse 24 for this the, the father describes what happened with his son and what has changed and he describes it these words for this son of mine was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found so they begin to celebrate that's the father's description of his son this son of mine he was dead but he is alive now his heart was still beating But he wasn't a part of the family. As a son, he was dead to them. He was gone. He was lost. That life in that far country, away from the father, away from his home, brought him death. And the same thing happens for us. (laughs) Spiritually, we can die when we wander away. But we can live again. New life is possible. And the one who gives that new life celebrates that life. And I hope the one who receives that new life celebrates as well. Come home and celebrate with the Father. He left for pleasure. He returned to live. Jesus describes this journey home and to life with these words in John five twenty four. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. That celebration can be ours because of Jesus and what he has done for us. We can live again. The young man left to pursue worldly dreams, but he returned to serve. No longer worthy to be called your son. Make me a servant. He found a purpose. He belonged, but he also had a reason for being home. The celebration of redemption causes us to be a blessing. I mean, brothers and sisters in Christ, we're all wonders who came home. And I'm here for a reason I'm here for ministry, I'm here for serving. Lord, make me a servant. Make me like you. It's not just a song, it's a way of living. Return to serve. Well, just a few final observations as we wrap up. One of the things that stops a lot of people from coming home is the bitter brother. I mean, if the father stood at the door hoping the son wouldn't leave, the bitter brother probably was one that slammed the door. And if you're one that's considering coming home, maybe the one of the things that's a hindrance to you is your concern about that bitter brother. I don't know what makes you think about the bitter brother but for some of us it's because we know what we felt like when somebody else came home and we didn't treat them like we should we kind of had that bitter brother attitude and because we felt that way one time we think others might feel that way towards us I'm not for sure if that's it but if I or your other siblings in Christ act like the bitter brother or if I have or they have I'm sorry That's wrong of us We weren't reflecting the father But as you consider coming home I want to remind you of one significant thing You are not coming home to the bitter brother You're coming home to the father The father who knew you were going to walk away And has been watching ever since We're going to talk more about sinning and what it means to come home and the welcome of that father. In a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about David. And we're going to focus more then. But let me just say this as we kind of wrap up The journey to the distant country is a distant journey. It took some time, right, to get there. Now, the the young man knew the road to get there, and, and he knew the road. That same road would probably lead him back home, but it would be a long way. He went in comfort with lots of money, and he is now lost and alone, spiritually dead, physically worn out, and it's a long ways home. And does he have what it takes to make it all the way home? Just remind you, the Father makes the journey a lot shorter because you don't do it by yourself. He's going to come running. In fact, I would tell you that repentance is a turn and a change of direction. And it's not just retracing every step to get back to the age you left and the place you left. It is to get back to the path that leads between you and God. And it is a turn away. And if you think you don't have the energy and strength to make that journey, I just remind you that Luke chapter 15 is a chapter about lost things. The lost coin, the lost sheep, the lost son. And when he talked about the lost sheep, Jesus told us what that journey looks like and feels like. The journey of repentance and the journey home. Luke chapter 15, verses 4 through 6. You lose the sheep, you go and find it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. The way back home for us as sinners are in the shoulders of Jesus. Will you let him carry you home? Come to your senses. We're going to spend a few moments singing a song here in a minute, and it's a time of reflection and invitation. If you happen to be watching online, we'd love for you to go to our prayer page on our website and fill that out. We want to be praying for you. And some of us will be checking that website, and you'll be able to tell we're praying for you. We'll click our little praying hands, and you'll know that others are praying for you. Reach out to us. For those of you who are here today and you've never given your life to Christ, I hope you'll decide to do that. The blood of Jesus is what redeems us, but we have to decide we're in a bad place. We have to believe want to make him Lord of our lives, confess his name before this world, that he is Lord, and repent and be baptized and then walk in the shadow of his love. I've actually asked Trey to lead the song, Just As I Am, I Come Broken, for those of us who've been around the church for a long time, you remember going to gospel meetings or other invitations where the, uh, the preacher sang Just As I Am, the song leader led Just As I Am. It has six verses, but for somehow I can remember eight or ten verses many, many times growing up. Well, uh, this version of Just As I Am, I Come Broken is about that long, and so we're going to sing the entire song because I think it has a powerful message for all of us because we have a purpose for living God cares for us and he loves us and he calls us to come to him as we are broken and he's going to carry us home even when we're broken I can come even when I'm wounded I can come when I'm empty and guilty and smelling like pigs he will embrace me clothe me in righteousness and welcome me home And I'm welcomed with open arms. Thank God, just as I am. Let's stand and sing.